For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, but we have to be able to talk it through. And sure. I think we've lost all ability to talk anything through. Um, and b- both sides of the spectrum have to come together at, at some point to start discussing things. And we have to work through that divisiveness. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Uh, this is something I wanted to do this show to, you know, kind of uh, one of the pitfalls, I think, of. Of, of any kind of show or book or movement or, you know, <clears throat> any kind of organized discourse that's designed to understand the reality of situations, understand what, uh, uh, you, know, you know, the best practices and principles as far as overcoming things or, or navigating things. One, one of the pitfalls seems to be that <clears throat> you'll get a bunch of uh, – experts in a room that have no practical experience, right? So they have a lot of platitudes and a lot of good ideas that don't necessarily work when it comes time for shit to work in your regular life. So uh, I, one of the things I want to do to circumvent that is bring on people that I know who, who I've interacted with a lot who, uh, for the most part, have uh, uh, non-media or non writer or non-CEO jobs. People are just like living their goddamn lives. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, it's so exhausting sometimes listening to two people that have got it all figured out, go back and forth about how, Oh yeah, it's such such a great idea. It's like, if I wanted to do that, I would just go right for goop. Um, because she seems to have it all figured out with her $84 milkshake she drinks in the morning or whatever the fuck it is. But anyways, um, we've got a good panel here today. People that, uh, uh, people that I know, I think, uh, JJ, you're the only one I haven't met in person. I think, is that right? Yeah. Um, for now, we'll see how that goes. I don't know if you're allowed in this country anymore. Um, so I'm going to start in no particular order because it's, this is the way it's organized on my screen. Um, with, <clears throat> uh, with Bill Schofield, 
uh, you organized this for me. I appreciate that. So introduce yourself to people. So in case they don't know who you are. For sure. Um, Bill Schofield, um, currently occupied as a, uh, simulations engineer for an injection molded plastics company in, uh, the heart of the Midwest in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, thanks for having me on, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the spare time, I also, and on top of having a wife and two kids, I, uh, host a, a small podcast of my own, um, and also do some like screen printing on the side. Um, again, yeah, I reached out to have me get a hold of some people. I happen to know quite a few people within kind of your umbrella mm. of the community, like drinking bros, nooner community. So, uh, was able to put together a pretty solid list of, uh, you know, normal people or normal Good. as normal as we can be. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure your wife and kids will be glad to know that that's their, that you're part of, uh, they're part of your spare time. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. All right. Next up, Greg, please introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Greg Lamontine. I am a director of innovations for a large insurance carrier based out of San Antonio, Texas. Um, pretty much figure that out if you do a little bit of homework. I've been there for 20 years. At this point, I've had quite a few different areas, all on the insurance side, but kind of what led me, you know, to get, in, again, introduced to you is, you know, into this podcast is Bill. He introduced or invited us over or invited me over. Um, on the side, again, similar. I have my own little podcast that I like to do with my wife. You know, we do it a couple times a week just for fun. Started during the whole pandemic thing. Um and I think we'll get into it with some of the principles that you go over and why we actually started that. And then um, also when you release the principles really that you've kind of been working through, a lot of them hit home. Mm. You know, a lot of them that I've kind of grown up with, you've touched on here. So it's, it's really, really cool to see them kind of out on paper and, and to start, you know, collaborating with other people. On the side real quick, you know, I do jujitsu. I do other, you know, kind of normal everyday guy things. And then, you know, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Thanks. Uh, JJ hit me up. Yeah. So, uh, I'm JJ Jackson. Uh, by day I am a regional sales manager for a pipe valve and fitting company that's internationally known. Um, by night I, I'm a amateur hypothetical home distiller, <laughs> and uh, I also have my own small podcast, mm. uh, High and Angry. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it, just like Greg, I, I looked at the principles themselves, and for me personally, you know, I was in the 82nd Airborne like you, Dan, mm. so uh, I was an infantryman, and you know, a lot of that rang true with how I operate, how I raise my kids, how I, you know, treat my family and how I treat people around me. So uh, it's, you know, an honor to be on here with you and I appreciate the invite. Sure. Thanks for coming. Uh, let's round it out with uh, Krista Hilton. Hi, I'm Krista Hilton. I have a small podcast also uh, called the Drunk Politics Podcast. I do with my sister. And um, by day, I do like business therapy for um, small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I'm a mom, uh, and I'm single. So had to throw that last part in, in a huh? nutshell. I mean, you know, 
I guess so. What the hell is business? Big old, big old momhood. What's business therapy, if you don't mind me asking? I've never heard of that. Well, I don't. It's, um, you know, I go in when a business is struggling and identify the problem and then mm. help them through it. Okay. I've just never heard it yeah. referred to in that way before. That makes sense. I don't know. We just kind of coined it the other day. Sure. Well, mm -hmm. you know, be a, a category of one. Yeah. Uh, let's okay. Let's do that. So let's go in reverse order then. Um, I know Bill invited you to come on today, but if, if you it, looking down this list, um, <clears throat> I've got a lot of questions that I ask people about this, um, and, and you can all. The, the rest of you guys can think about this while we're progressing through this, but is there something that you think is missing from the list is something to keep in mind. But f before we get to that, um, you know, there's 11 principles on this list. What, what jumps out to you about it? To me? Yep. I don't, I don't, I don't have the list. Oh, okay. Me, yeah. I'll send it so to you. Or if, some, if you could send it to me, then I'll look and then, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I just sent it to you, Kristen. Yeah, we'll oh, you did. Okay. we'll we'll go back to oh, okay. uh, we'll go back to Bill then. Come you, back, yeah. Come back to me. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll cover for Krista. Sure. Um, so the to yeah, start out the the one that jumped out most to me personally was uh, number two. I will do something every day to help my country, my countrymen, and all men. Um, that is something that you know has been important to me since you know adulthood really you know when when you're a kid or a teenager you don't really think about what your actions do for other people so much but um now i i spend a lot of time trying to think of just in any situation what i can do to you know help somebody um you know, I off air, I made a crack about direct charity and just having bags of blood in my truck for people that need them. Um, but I actually, you know, I do keep a pack of bottled water mm. in my truck because, um, you know, even though it doesn't get as hot as Austin, it was still like a hundred degrees here today. And, uh, though I can't just, you know, drive around giving every homeless person 10 bucks, I can at least give them a bottle of water. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that just simply, I know, Dan, you've talked about this on the show several times, just like simply holding a door for somebody, mm. I mean, or complimenting somebody or just being nice to the person, you know, behind you in the grocery store line uh, goes a long way and it costs zero dollars, right. you know, um, and that's something I try to instill in my kids. Um, they're younger, they're six and three. So getting them to, you know, kind of have that principle is a little difficult but you know i try not to uh i try to explain to them you know don't another thing i've heard you say plenty of times is uh don't let your own conveniences getting like the way of other people's lives yeah you know think about the people around you before you go do something you know how is it going to affect the people around you mm. just be aware of that so yeah number two definitely jumped out at me the most of this list yeah it's interesting from the perspective of somebody that's uh raising kids uh, and I, this has been coming up more and more on the shows we've been doing is, is how do you find organic opportunities to teach the kid that, right? Um, like you don't want to, you don't want to have a struggle session where you're forcing your kid to go do some charity where they're super uncomfortable because it's going to sour them on that idea. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> I, I wonder, one of my friend's, uh, parents, 
during the holidays every year, they would uh, pretty much, they, they were they were relatively affluent. But one, one thing they did was um, all the toys that the kid, like for every toy or present that the kid got uh, that year, uh, a present got donated basically, right, to somebody else. Um, I, I wonder, like, how how is it, do you have any examples of shit you've been trying with the kids so far to, to kind of get them on that track? Oh yeah. The biggest one you just described. Um, we currently just like you as well, moved into a new house mm. a couple of weeks ago. Um, so part of, part of it was on us to try to declutter some stuff, but also we told them, uh, you know, kind of from now on, you know, they've kind of been blessed. You know, we don't, I, you know, I don't, make a ton of money mm. but you know we make enough to where they live a comfortable life we're in a nice house in a nice neighborhood we can go we just went to florida for a week on vacation mm. and uh you know trying to tell them that there's a lot of kids out there kids that they know don't get that kind of kind of things right so you know if you want something new a new toy or whatever it is then yeah you need to donate at least one if not two to mm. somebody who needs that because this old you know batman car you have in the corner that you're not using could mean the world to you know some kid that doesn't ever get anything right um another one of the like kind of in that same vein um something just they don't have they um they don't know this but uh, me and my wife have discussed like things like christmas um santa instead of getting a bunch of crazy stuff from santa they'll get like a couple small things Mm. um because in that same thing there's they're surrounded by kids that don't get anything. And if my right. kid gets an iPad from Santa for being good, the kid next to him at lunch might be like, well, I've been good. Why did I get a pack of socks or something? Hmm. Um, so that's something we've been trying to teach, you know, teach them that I guess subliminally or, you know, you yeah, know yeah. lying to them about Santa, you know, lying to your kids all the time. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what, that's what allegory and parable is right it's a it's a tool to to take a very specific example but make it ubiquitous because you're telling a story about it you know what i mean uh the the reason that 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 teachers particularly philosophers speak in parables is because i i can't i I can't give you enough information and enough context to deal with every situation that's ever going to happen in your life you know what i mean but i can kind of give you a a general roadmap about how to, how to handle situations and you can, you know, figure it out on your own at some point. Um, <clears throat> uh, thank you for that. So Greg, what about you? What, 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 which, uh, what are those pops off the page for you? If, if multiple or what, if, if you think something's uh, missing as well. I didn't really call anything out as missing. Um, but, just by virtue of, I was just looking down the list and saying, yep, that one, that one resonates. Mm -hmm. This one resonates, but a couple of them stand out. Um, one is I will promote, this is number seven. Mm -hmm. I'll promote equality of opportunity, not outcome, particularly when I'm in a a position of power and wealth. I'd mentioned earlier that I've been with a company for 20 years Mm -hmm. that innately brings in a lot of, you know, leadership ability. I've been there I've climbed my way up. Um, you, I saw, I, coincidentally, I just happened to see a, a um, quick link, a uh, quick post. that was a clip, I, I guess, with you and Tim Kennedy mm. on it. And you were talking about, it's like, okay, I didn't, I didn't come from a lot. Mm. Right. But what I did is I earned my way up and I always 
I was the beneficiary of a lot of people that helped me out along the way. Tons of people have helped me out along the way. Without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have the things I have, you know, as, as far as tangible goods or whatever. But I also wouldn't have the education I have. I wouldn't have, wouldn't, I would never have left the tiny little town that I was in in New Hampshire and moved to Arizona mm. without a girlfriend a long time. Her parents invited me and said, why don't you think bigger than just this little town in New Hampshire, right? So with work and with all, a lot of the things I do, I try and always just like, again, it's it's grabbing and pulling up as I'm, I'm reaching with one hand, that whole mm. kind of, you know, idea there. And I think that's a big thing, regardless of where you are on this, you know, the socioeconomic scale, it doesn't matter. It's, you can always help other people. So, you know, that's, that's been a really pivotal one. It can be when you're at work, it can be when you're mentoring somebody, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different areas. I, I mentioned that I do jujitsu, right? Mm. I'm not, I'm a white belt in jujitsu, but I've been there long enough that I know little things, mm. little details. And some people will make fun of me probably be like, Oh, white belt trying to help. But there's other white belts that are just starting, you know, and it's, it's trying to help people along that everybody starts from somewhere and getting that leg up really, I think is important. Yeah, for sure. Sense, right. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so you're recognizing the social infrastructure that benefited you and then you're replicating it when you're in a position to do so, right? Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, that's how every single human being ever has succeeded because of the infrastructure that we collectively create. Otherwise, you know, no, nobody succeeds in a vacuum. It, does, it doesn't work like that. Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, if you're, you don't want to be the kind of person that climbs the ladder and then pulls the ladder up after you so nobody else can get there. You know what I mean? And that's, look, Agreed. there are people that do that with intent, and malice. And there are people who do it with, with laziness and complacency by not giving back once they get there. Like it, but either one of those things, like one clearly doing it intentionally is worse. There's no question about that, but the result is the same. You're fucking people over, you know what I mean? Whether you know it or not. Um, <clears throat> thanks for that. So, uh, JJ, what do you got? So just looking down the list, um, you know, I've been a, professional salesperson for the better part of 10 years, uh, worked my way from, you know, bottom of the rung Coke, hundred cold calls every day, all the way up to where I'm at now. Uh, but I look at number 10 and, you know, I, I see that that resonates with me a shit ton. Uh, you know, I won't place virtue above commerce and my efforts towards the public good will always trump my efforts towards my own good. I mean, Dan, you've seen sales and uh, how a lot of that shit works and how people inside of that sphere operate. And, you know, a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the successful salespeople, you know, they don't adhere to that, that, uh, that tenant, that virtue, that value. And, I, you know, I've always prided myself on, you know, being as transparent as possible because, you know, the other one that really kind of goes along with that is, you know, I will put more into this country than I take out mm -hmm. of it. You know, I get a lot of people that are pushing import goods or this, I can get it cheaper. I can do this. I got you here. Uh, we can substitute this. And at the end of the day, you know, 
that's somebody's job in, you know, BFE Pennsylvania that's making that part here and you're just trying to sell the cheap Chinese version and drop the bottom out of the out of the cost. So I mean like, you know, with that kind of mentality and you're taking care of your customers instead of selling them something. Uh, you know, I teach that to my kids because mm. it leads it leads itself into, you know, how do you treat your friends or your peers when it comes to how much information you divulge to them about yourself? How, how do you treat your uh, everybody else around you when it comes to how much you lend yourself to their success? And you know, it it, it all bleeds through uh, in that same vein for me. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's kind of like the social contract, but in business, like the owner operator of the company wants to make sure that they're hiring the best people that represent the company the best and, and the people that are working for the company want guarantees, not just for compensation and benefits, but also that they're representing a product that they can and, and company they can be proud of. Right. Like no, nobody wants to work yeah. for a shitbag company. Um, there, there is a, uh, <clears throat> there is a, study that was released i think it was last thursday about uh a roundup showing up in 80 percent of the urine samples for regular americans um <clears throat> now this is a known carcinogen one that monsanto is paid dearly for you don't want to be <laughs> you don't want to work for monsanto right i mean it's just like nobody wants to do that shit nobody wants to working especially if you're in a competitive field you end up working 50 60 hours in a week and you know like any other like any other activity you do that's trying on not just on you physically and mentally but also on your family and shit you want to make sure it's worth it you know uh and, well trust and... me dan i i used to sell frack chemicals uh the first three years that i got out of the army that was my first sales job mm -hmm. and i mean i was out in the oil field you know you're talking five thousand gallons a stage on one of those frack sites and most of them have over a hundred stages per well and you know five thousand gallons of hydrochloric acid was money in my pocket but you know i had to get out of the field i was like yeah. i can't do this <laughs> yeah i mean if you're a if you're a conscious human being conscientious human being there's going to be a price to pay for that somewhere down the road for sure um all right krista what you, you've had a chance to look now what, what jumps off the page of you It looks like she's frozen there. Should have queued up some Jeopardy music. It's all going to come through all at once now. Fucking Zoom. Um, all right. Have, have Joel put the Jeopardy music in. in yeah. Um, all right, cool. We'll just move on for now. Come back to her in a minute. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some cross referencing here so uh bill started out with principle two i'll help every i'll find some way to, every day to help my country my countrymen are all men uh jj i wonder from your perspective like you're in sales you interact with people quite a bit um and and i i would say if you work in sales more <clears throat> more so than not your social interactions there are consequences to them right so in my social interactions you know, there may or may not be consequences to it. It could just be, 
like we're hanging out with people and stuff like that. But somebody that actually works in sales deals with people in social situations to a greater degree where there are like literal financial consequences to the conversation. And I wonder how somebody like that, like you that does the things you do, uh, uh, finds the opportunities to, you know, help people out like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, a part of our, you know, I'm sure you've, or if you've heard of like a 10 box strategy, mm. like a part of the 10 box strategy, part of it is social engineering, right? Like that's a huge difference maker, uh, when it comes to gaining trust, uh, allowing comfort when big numbers start to roll across the table. Um, so a part of that social engineering is, um, is really convincing or helping people to understand that I am there for them. So when you talk about, you know, what Bill was talking about with uh, number two, doing something every day to help my country or my countrymen, uh, you know, I look at all of my customers as such, um, you know, the golden rule, treat everybody like you would like to be treated. I mean, if it takes me, uh, understanding their pricing situation and especially if they're like a mom and pops customer and I got to maybe jiggle the numbers around just so that they will, you know, eat through the end of the year, uh, job wise. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, made it happen so that they have that kind of facility or that those faculties to help them, uh, survive. And mm-hmm. then, you know, because a lot of these, contractors uh that i deal with are getting eaten up by larger contractors and the mom and pop's going away uh so you're dealing with that and ultimately would i rather be dealing with people my countrymen or a big corporation i want to deal with my people and my countrymen so some you got to give them the bone man and you know i see other salespeople, you know sitting in the closed closed door, corporate meeting, blah, 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 price structuring, programming. And I'll tell you what, the best deals that I've ever made have always been, you know, open door, either breaking bread mm. or, you know, having a drink together. It's it, hands down the best. So sure. Yeah. I mean, so uh, you invest in the kind of world that you want to live in, you know what I mean? With pretty much everything you do, whether it's in business or, or socially or how you raise your family. And uh, the interesting thing that, about being at, a, at an apex point between small business and large business is that there's quite a bit of power there to influence how things operate, like what you're describing. So <clears throat> there, there's, some, there's some actual quantified, quantifiable data here about that. So uh, a small locally owned business, uh, a dollar spent on that business multiplies in the local economy somewhere between seven and 11 times before it leaves the local economy. Uh, Now that sounds abstract. What that means is if you go to a local mom and pop shop and you buy certain supplies, they are more likely to buy the supplies that they need to run their business, whether it's the raw product for making that supply or the distribution for that supply, or just the, the, drywall in their fucking building right there's for every dollar that the cut at the end user spends on a product there's seven other dollars spent locally behind that typically right so now what you're doing is 
in the same way, like I'm not anti-billionaire or big business or anything like that, but I do like dealing with smaller things more than bigger things because I have more influence over them. Right. And I, and I think that's one of the key tenets of Liberty is to have as much influence over your life as possible. And it's easy to buy shit on Amazon. You know what I mean? But if you can wait a couple more days or get your, you know, dumbass in a car and drive somewhere and actually buy something from somebody who made it, you could probably help yourself out a little bit by doing so. And you're definitely going to help out your community. Um, Krista, uh, you seized up there for a while. All right. Looks like you're back now. I you wanna, did. Yeah, you want to jump back. in there? Yeah. Um, so number four stands out to me. No matter where I am, I will be a leader. As a leader, I will eat last. And that being a small business owner um, for a decade and then running my own company, it's, I that is that rang really true for me. Like no matter what, making sure that, um, you know, everyone else is getting what they need out of you as a leader. I think that um, America has gotten really selfish and, and, and that's a key principle of being a good citizen is, is just stop being so selfish mm. in my opinion. So that one stood out to me a lot. And I've been trying to teach my kid that as well. How do you do that? Right. I mean, it's so, how do you find opportunities to teach a young child how to be a leader? Um, well, he's watched me, you know, own shit his whole life. Mm. So, um, I really have tried to instill in him, like, unless you want to do something that requires you to go to college, you don't really have to, mm. um, you can create anything that you want. And we live in a day and age now where there's a million ways he could make money. Um, and people need to be more empowered that way. And so I've been trying to instill that in him. Like, well, what's your idea? Let's see if we can grow it. And um, and we've, we've been working on that aspect. Like school is just kind of succumbing to the man sometimes. Mm. And if you don't have to do that, then then I don't want him to. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Greg, uh, let's let's hit on JJ. He, he picked uh, 10, Vert put uh, place virtue above commerce. Uh, you, you work in insurance. That can be a bit of a, an ethical minefield, I guess, as a, as a polite way to say that, because there's a lot of shitty shit that goes on in the insurance industry. And I'm sure you run into it a lot. Now there are some organizations, there's some companies that have extremely good reputations for taking care of their customers. Right. So I think it's still, uh, uh, the, the value proposition of being a good partner in something that, that might be, uh, uh, a backstop for you if things go wrong or, you know, something that, that you actually build equity. in if it's a life insurance policy or something like that over time, um, having a good partner in that is a big deal. So like how, t give me some insight on that from your perspective. Sure. Absolutely. So I happen to work for a company that's known for taking care of its members mm -hmm. very specifically. And it's much different than just a customer. So I can't, I'm not necessarily going to throw out the name, but like I gave some, Every, everybody you. knows what it is, what you're talking about. Okay. Come good. On. Just making sure I know, yeah. but nonetheless, um, so I'm lucky to have that perspective. Right. And again, it's everything we do, every decision I make with a dollar at the, at work, and we're dealing with large projects, large programs, different things like that. Right. New investments, new technologies, those sorts of things all comes down to the member. How is it going to impact the member at the end, in the end, right? Down to if, even if, 
prices have to go up a little bit because of you know negative trends or something like that, right? Those things are all thought for, thought through very very carefully, and then we get very direct feedback to us from my father, for instance, will call me and say, why did this happen? Why did this do this? Why did my rates? So we take it very, very personally. That's an amazing thing. I've been able to go out into the field working on wildfire programs and different things like that, traveling all over the country and meeting people face to face. Right. And I think it's a long-term relationship that has to happen. Hmm. And to JJ's point, it's, it's, it's meeting people face to face. I'm not just sitting in some building somewhere. I mean, sometimes I have to, but you know, but I meet, we're meeting people face to face. The conversations are very, very personal. Mm -hmm. Also we'll do an event happens, a cat catastrophe happens, a Mm -hmm. hurricane hits. We'll deploy large teams. It'll sit there for weeks or months as necessary. Right. So we build in the trust up front. And I think that's very, very critical for, you know, just the interpersonal relationships with your members. When you think of, or with any consumer or any customer, right? I don't want to buy something that other people, you know, that's it's considered a pile of trash just because it's cheaper. Right. I'll pay more for a better product. Right. I, or the, the reputation behind the product even. Right. And I think that goes a long way when we talk about consumer trust, you know, being there for your countrymen, that's a big deal. And yep. again, you know, we support a large, you're a very, very vast community of military members that have, they require a lot of us. Not, not just military members, but second and third generation. Their family you know I mean? members. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Their family members, everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an, what we would call an ex dependent, right? I'm a dependent on my father. Right. Yeah. Um, I wasn't in the military, so to speak, right? Or wasn't in the military, but so to speak, it's called an ex dependent, right? Um, so there's those sorts of things as well. Now we're in the third and fourth gen from grandpa or grandma that served years ago, you know? And it, it's really an interesting thing when you start seeing members that have been with us for 60 years. Mm-hmm. That tells you something, right? Barbershop conversations that happen. Sure, yeah. They'll all call and cancel. They'll all, they all talk to each other. They'll mm. all call and cancel, yep. right? And so we have to take that very, very seriously. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a good question to ask. How to, uh, from, from I, like I've been involved in some pretty serious businesses over the years. Um, and, you know, that's the one of the lessons of Silicon Valley. And it's, and it's uh, you know, in its early period when it was hyper successful was take care of your employees and take care of your customers, right? Absolutely. Uh, th- those were the two main goals out there. Now, obviously, things have changed slightly. <laughs> but uh, every, I, I want to take it a step further because I think a lot of these, the reason I wrote this list the way I did is because I think a lot of these things kind of uh, interweave into each other. A lot of these principles you know, applied differently, you get to the same result. And I think that's the, I think that's a good, a, a consistent sign uh, that things are on the right track there. So <clears throat> think about being a good uh, employer or being a good, uh, 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 being good to your customers. I, I would say that everyone that you run into in life is a customer. What you're selling them is your, system of beliefs and ethics, right? Uh, I'm not religious in any way, but I've heard, I've heard the phrase from people and I thought it was very, a wise thing to say, 
that you might be the only Jesus somebody ever experiences, right? So if you're a Christian and you're trying to promote Christianity, you might be the only example of Christianity that somebody ever runs into. Um, and you, it, maybe it's you criticizing them for their behavior, or maybe it's you reaching down to help them up off the ground, right? And those, those two people are going to react very differently. So it's not just about the nobility or, or goodness of your belief system or, or how you live your life, but the way you present it is, is pretty important as well. Right. Uh, I, and I, I just wonder if we even think like that, because to me, that's, that's 11. That's <clears throat> one of the key things from I'll live a life worth dying for to me is that this whole thing is like life is pretty fucked up. Life is tragic. Everybody you know and love is going to die, including yourself. Um, you're going to experience quite a bit of misery and tragedy throughout your life. Uh, if you're lucky, it, it'll it'll be, you know, to a, a medium level. But most people go through tough times, and people want to know that it's worth it, right? And if you've got solutions to things, I think it's really imperative upon you to to share them with others. That's why I like doing these shows because. Like I learned things that I didn't know before, or maybe I see a new perspective that highlights, you know, a different way to think about something where now this person's behavior makes sense to me, or, or now I know a new way of tackling this problem. that's going to be more efficient. Right. Um, so it's all good insight. Like I don't think that the, uh, <sighs> there's not a whole lot of difference between your family life, your social life and your business life. You know what I mean? Like being consistent in all those areas is probably a pretty important thing to do. Um, Bill, I want to ask you about the the leadership thing. It, it kind of comes back to that a lot because, you know, we have a lot of parents on this show. But um, <clears throat> one of the things that Krista kind of suggested was that, uh, without actually saying it, was that leadership and selfishness are on two opposite ends of the spectrum. Like those two things are entirely in every way different. Um, and you, you spoke a little bit about the, the kids in, in present time and stuff like that during the holidays, but on a day-to-day -day basis, you know what I mean? A lot of stuff happens. I understand <laughs> there's a, there's actually a comedian. I can't remember who it was that did it. Um, I think it may have been Louis CK back in the day before he got all weird. Um, but he was talking about before he was a parent, he would judge people who took their kids to McDonald's and shit. And then he was like, after my kid had been crying for six consecutive hours and, and the only thing that would shut them up was McDonald's French fries. I was like, all right, now I'm a little more understanding of that. Um, so I wonder from, from your perspective as a parent day in and day out for your, your kids are six and three, right? How do you, how do you teach a six year old how to be responsible, how to, how to be a leader. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that you can approach it from like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to be a leader today. You should go uh, tell this person what to do, or you should assume a management role in whatever environment you're in, but you teach them the tenets, right? Like kind of break it down. The, here, here are the things that are, and you don't even have to call it leadership. I don't even know if the kid would be able to quantify what the fuck that means, but you say, here are the things that are good. Here are the things that are bad, right? But how do you handle that on a day to day? Yeah, right. I mean, like, I can totally uh, empathize with Louis C.K.'s McDonald's thing because uh, 
you know, you get judged a lot now as a parent if your kid's in public on a tablet while you're eating dinner or something. But once they've been in your hair for six hours and just want nothing but your attention or to be on you or get bored enough to where they start getting in trouble, like, yeah, you're like, just take the iPad kid and watch Blippi and give me a minute to collect my thoughts, you know? So there's that. But uh, yeah, I mean, trying to directly teach a six-year-old leadership is going to be a pretty uphill battle. But, you know, um, I try to teach him things like what something I do try to teach him, like he has a younger brother, Mm. right? And part of him being an older brother is you have some responsibility with him, with the younger one. Like, you know, you want to go play together in the playroom. Like you need to be responsible for if he's getting into something he's not supposed to be doing you know, stop him. Right. Um, you know, if he's going to go stick up a, a fork in the electrical socket or something, you know, if he, if he does that on your watch, I mean, you're kind of responsible for that. Um, same way with, I mean, and you know, it's not any kind of real secret, but, um, leadership and management are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the corporate world, I've run into a lot of people that, don't really seem to understand that. And I'm sure we've probably all seen those, uh, you know, things on the internet or like management, like there's a bunch of people pulling a rock and the manager's sitting on it, telling them where to push it or pull it right, yeah, and yeah. leadership, the guy's helping to pull it. Um, so, but I also, I mean, as far as this, the kids go, um, with leadership, I mean, you can also just be a leader of your own life. Kind of to, to Krista's point, you know, we have discussions on what he wants to do when he's older, mm-hmm. um, as a six year old, you know, is typically something that cowboy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, fighter pilot, which, <laughs> you know, cool. Or, uh, now actually now he wants to be a YouTuber, which can be lucrative nowadays. Yeah. We'll see. But, um, <laughs> but you know, when he brings those things up, you know, I ask him why, you know, take some, you know, try to have some thoughtfulness and some, I guess, responsibility for the direction of your life. And I know that those words coming from me sound big, but just asking him to explain why he wants to do those things is teaching him, you know, to, to have some thoughtfulness to his, his words and what he wants and um, kind of figures things out to him for himself. And as a, as a leader, sometimes you have to figure things out on your own, um, including, and I listened to um, your episode from today, Dan, uh, and one thing that I liked that the guest said was sometimes part of being a good leader is knowing when not to lead. Right. Um, you know, you can't you get a lot of, I think you even said it, you know, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I run into people daily that on certain and certain problems or certain projects or certain areas, they are an incredible leader. And I will, you know, I will, follow you know they i understand what my strengths are and follow and then there's sometimes where i I take the lead on things and uh mostly like corporate stuff or you know in in the business world you're going to run into people that i don't know whether it's ego uh probably the biggest thing ego um just refuse to give up leadership Mm -hmm. right they don't they refuse to follow um which is something again with a six-year-old when they want to do something you say no you know that's always they you know a lot of why or meltdowns Mm -hmm. 
And when that happens, you know, I try to teach him, like I explained to him why I said no. And, and usually he gets it. Sometimes it turns into a bigger meltdown, but again, it's just trying to teach him that sometimes there's going to be somebody that just knows better than you and you need to follow their lead. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The thing you said about uh, his younger brother and kind of using that as an opportunity uh, is, you know, honestly having a younger sibling and having an parent that's trying to teach you shit like that, it's probably an advantage, right? Cause you've got a bit of a test environment now in a, in a relatively consequence free environment. You know what I mean? You're still a kid. You're not really actually responsible for anything. Um, <clears throat> Brett uh, Weinstein and Heather Hang talk about that in the t- hunter gatherers guide to the 21st century about exposing your kid uh, to low level responsibility without high consequences and then increasing the response level of responsibility and the, the availability of consequences over time is really the only way to train somebody how to manage difficult situations as an adult. Um, now some of us get that education because our childhood was fucked up. Right. But you know, the goal for a parent, obviously I think every parent I've ever fucking met says this, that wasn't a piece of shit, uh, that, that their goal is to make their kid's life better than theirs was. And they frequently quantify that with, I want them to have, I don't want them to want for anything. I don't want to, I want them to be able to go to college or, or, you know, achieve the profession that they want. I want them to be happy generally speaking, but <clears throat> very rarely have I heard somebody quantify that. And like, I want to make my kid really good at making good decisions without having to go through the fucked up shit I did as a child to learn it. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's gotta be at the top of your list. And Having a younger sibling, probably a good opportunity there. Um, and then I wonder if it isn't to some benefit once they're, you know, a tween or teen when they're spending more time with their outside friends, um, teaching them, you know, what, what, what I think, what I, what I was trying to go for in principle two, which is country, countrymen and all men, right? Like expand the size of your family to include people who share your values. You know what I mean? Like people fight harder for their family, and imagine if we all just considered each other in that sort of way. I think uh, we could improve quite a bit about our day-to-day lives. Um, let's see. I I want to talk, uh, uh, Krista again. <clears throat> You're uh, you do some funny stuff on the interwebs, uh, <laughs> talking shit about things that are going on in politics and stuff, right? and things like that. We don't really talk too much about politics on this show, but I wonder, skip the politics part and talk about, you know, some of the, uh, some of the negative characteristics that you see in, in American culture right now. And then maybe uh, how you would prefer that situation be handled, I guess. Right. So example might be people are super quick to be divisive, but not very quick to listen and understand right so yeah right um i actually noticed um it was principal hold on let me pull it up um i will reject it it's number eight i will reject divisiveness in all of its forms for those trying to divide us or trying to conquer us which i get but at some point you can't reject 
all divisiveness, right? Because one of the things that I've noticed is we have to have some discourse and we have to be able to talk stuff out. And that's what I see happening on both sides of the spectrum with citizens right now is you gotta listen to the other person. And, but at the same time, you know, somebody who's screaming and crying because they really want to be able to, you know, have an abortion. I don't really wanna bring that particular subject up um, the day they give birth, like at some point we have to be like, okay, but maybe not that, right? Um, but we have to be able to talk it through. And sure. I think we've lost all ability to talk anything through. Um, and both sides of the spectrum have to come together at, at some point to start discussing things. And we have to work through that divisiveness. Sure. Well, I mean, so yeah, you're, you're, I don't. I don't think that is an, an intrinsically divisive situation, though, right? Like having difficult conversations is a really important part of of exi yeah. existing in a society, for sure. Um, yeah. The divisiveness I'm talking about is people that would consider themselves leaders. I, I would, if, if American politicians, uh, if if you could consider them in the business world, they would be managers, but certainly not leaders, right? As, as, right. as any reasonable person would define one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those people, they, they, they want to, they want you to define yourself by the things that separate you from other people, because that's where their money's made. That's how they, right. that's how they carve out their little niche markets. So they can sell their, they can peddle their influence to you and, and absorb power from your support. Right? right. That's what I'm talking about. And that, that can't, yeah. there's no room for that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like you, you're the, mm -hmm. the reason I say, uh, well, divide and conquer is a pretty old phrase. I believe it's well, yeah. from the, uh, I think it's from like 1200 BC or some shit like that. I don't remember exactly where it's from, but that's older than me. Um, and older than the Greek philosophers who most of our modern beliefs are based on conversations they had a uh, thousand two th or 2000 years ago. Um, it's a very old principle and it's one that makes sense. And I got to like, if somebody is trying to drive a wedge between me and somebody else that my, my, I think we really need to do something proactively to train ourselves to, instead of reacting the way they want us to, to be suspicious of the person that's trying to make me angry. You know what I mean? Like train yourself yeah. to do that shit because oh, man, I, or, or just like stay off Twitter entirely. Cause that's all that is. <laughs> Twitter is an engine developed so, to piss people off. That's the only reason it even exists. I agree. I've actually started talking to my, actually a long time ago, started talking to my son about that, going back to the parent thing uh, with just how he treats other people at, school and how others treat him mm. and we I've really hammered home because I don't believe in peer pressure I think that's stupid and um and I've I've tried to relay that to him like look you're in control of your own decisions mm. and if someone doesn't like you that's their own problem you don't know what's going on in their home you don't know what kind of abuse they might be going through maybe they're just an ass mm. but but you get to decide how you feel about that 
and um, then, you know, and turns out I raised the kid who um, is standing in a circle and one kid was being a bully to his friend. And the kid was like, you're not allowed to stand here in this circle. And my son wasn't a fan of that. Mm. And, um, and he kind of pushed the, the bully kid pushed his friend. And my, my son was like, oh, no, you don't. He can stand here if he wants to. And he shoved him to the ground and was like, don't ever talk to him like that again. <laughs> so not that, you know, not that I'm teaching him to go and, and be aggressive with kids, but the, the kid was being a, a jerk. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he's come home and been, you know, his feelings have been hurt from other kids. It's like, okay, but why is that hurting your feelings? Mm -hmm. Like, let's really talk about it. And I think that, you know, a lot of that can flow into adulthood. Um, and it kind of goes with all the things that we're talking about. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I wonder if uh, there isn't some opportunity but so you, you just described two separate situations, one where the kid is doing the right thing and uh, not that he's doing the wrong thing in the other one, but when he's, when, when his feelings are hurt or whatever it is that happens negatively, now you have the opportunity to explain to him maybe why that bully was acting the way he was. You know what I mean? Right. Like you don't want to, mm -hmm. it's, it's two things. One, it teaches empathy. And two, it's a guardrail. Like, don't let yourself become consumed by how other people treat you to such a degree that you become this dick that you clearly do not like. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, going at, again in reverse order, JJ, uh, what is it that you see in, uh, in, in our culture right now that you, I guess, I, for lack of a better phrase, that you would improve and how would you improve it? Uh, I mean... You know, if we're basing everything, uh, our country is clearly based off of, you know, sort of ancient thinkers like the Greeks and mm -hmm. and the Romans, like we've like you've expounded upon. Um, you know, if I look at it very particularly, and I use a lot of allegory and uh, sort of parables in the way that I do my uh, my chintzy little thing. But when I look at it, I, I ask myself, um, you know, where can we uh, gain understanding about one another to the point that it becomes, uh, you know, common sense knowledge? Mm. And I feel like, you know, it's lost on a lot of us uh, to want to gain that understanding. Just like, you know, go back to sales. I have to gain an understanding about my customer if I'm going to build a trust. Uh, I have to create a dialectic. I gotta, I gotta respond. I have to be present. Uh, and you know, looking at where our culture is now, where we, where and how we interact, you know, there's not a lot of that. Um, and I would, and I encourage anybody who, you know. Uh, listens to you, to me, to build all these cats is like, you know, let's strive for understanding because at the end of the day, uh, you may not agree, but a baseline understanding gives you so much more perspective and it's the inspiration for everything from friendship to love to, you know, all the other 
social interactions that you have and and i that's where i would that's where i would place the onus like we have to we have to begin to build an understanding with each other uh because that's the only way we can have that dialectic so mm. yeah it's interesting uh that you mention love i'll get to that in a second but uh doesn't it, it seems kind of weird to me and maybe it's not maybe this is how things go but it seems kind of weird that we're in 2022 and we continuously look to the first century uh for wisdom about how to live our lives as human beings you know what i mean it seems like we keep unsolving problems and and forgetting lessons with each like every three or four generations we completely lose all the lessons we've learned two thousand fucking years ago um and <clears throat> you know and it, it, it it's it's certainly helped for people to study those things i mean whenever anybody comes and asks me for book recommendations there's obvious ones like the ones on the shelf behind me, for example, or ones my friends have written or authors I've had, but you know, start with the Iliad and the Odyssey and then start moving your way forward through Greek literature, because all these problems you think you have right now that you think are unsolvable or that nobody understands some dude in a robe wrote about this 2000 years ago, motherfucker. I mean, it's, Take it, take advantage of the opportunities provided you, man. We have this great body of literature uh, where you can find a lot of answers to your questions. Now, on the love part, it's really interesting to me. The <clears throat> when we talk about what's really important in life, um, the Greeks had multiple, very specific definitions of very specific types of love, like philos, for example, right? Like a brotherly love that that's how you should feel towards the people, everybody around you. That's not your family. You know what I mean? Uh, and then there's, there's of course romantic love and then, uh, family love as well, but they were really specific about the different types. And it wasn't like, here's a guide on how you should, uh, it wasn't necessarily like here's a here's like a fucking three by five card with a couple of bullet points on how to treat other people. It's like, no, you you start from the premise of a love that is very specific to everybody around you. You know what I mean? I think that's it's always been really interesting to me about about the Greeks, although they were kind of weirdos too. Um, but anyways, uh, Greg, same question. What 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 do you see in, in Western American culture and? Uh, you know, what, what would you change or improve if you were able or what would, so, you, what would you recommend other people change? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things <clears throat> that I'm kind of, that you've, I think it's happened over the past several years, maybe four five, six, seven years, whatever, um, is that it's just very aggressive. Right. And one side, it pitted against the other, regardless of political, whatever your position is, there's always, it, there's always some animosity towards it. Right. Without being able to step back and just actually, have a conversation and you know the, the, there's this kind of social contract that we've we sh we have grow that i grew up with was being able to debate and have conversations without getting into a fist fight first right now we're in that i'm going to fist fight you before i'm going to have a conversation with you and i think that needs to we need to step back from that and actually be able to have a conversation that's why i love like the podcast the different things that are happening i can go out and i can we can we can have these conversations that are very very important and with maybe it's because you're not in proximity you can yell at each other you can mm. do these different things but that's the point 
that's the whole point of debate is with within reason. But I think in order to help solve or find a solution for some of that is to try and find a little bit of empathy and compassion for one another. I think that's very important. Being mindful of where the other person is coming from. You don't, we don't know everybody's background. And when you have all the trolls and all the people out on the internets and doing all that stuff, well, you know, I don't know your background. I don't know how you came up. Did you come up in a trailer park or were you a mansion kid? I have mm. no idea. Right. And your position and all the light, the bullshit that life threw at you is going to build your perspective sure. one way or another. So taking a moment and being able to, and maybe this is just, maybe this comes with growing up. I don't know. Right. You, you start to take a moment, take a breath, understand where they're they're coming from listening is a huge portion of this right the other side is just constantly talking okay let them talk and then they'll run out of words to say eventually mm -hmm. right so that's kind of the way maybe i've changed over the years in my my old age i don't know sure yeah it's an interesting thing uh, about i think i think empathy is best embodied <clears throat> by understanding the communication, whether it be verbal, nonverbal in business in a relationship or whatever it is, right? Whether you're debating okay. shit, it's going to be communicated differently based on the different experiences of the person you're communicating with. Now that seems like, how do I even get my brain around that? Uh, uh, or, or maybe that sounds odd to somebody that you would, that you would treat people differently because we're all about equality these days, although we changed the definition of that word, but um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, in reality, it's no different than communicating with people that speak different languages. Like, are you going to just like Ultimately. yell louder in English at somebody that doesn't speak it? Because I've watched people <laughs> right. do that and it is not very effective. <laughs> uh, uh, not only not effective at getting your point across, but not effective at getting them to continue listening to you in the fucking first place. Um, right. We try and find this common, even if it's this drawing on the ground, whatever it, yeah. whatever it would be, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And then the, the first point you made is spot on. Things are we, like we operate from a point of aggression now. It's almost like uh, we're a, a dog that's been abused. And now it's like, I'll trust you, but not until I bite you a couple of times first. That it, it can't be like that. You know what I mean? Because situations like that continue to escalate. And then people put themselves in positions where they can't back down now because they're going to lose face in the community or whatever it is. Right. But at pride or, or, or shame or fucking fear or whatever it is, if you social can social clout. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. If you could be the per like, how do you even have a conversation like that? That's going to end well with somebody that you disagree with that. I don't think you can. And I see a lot of conversations like the one you described, uh, big time seeing that a bunch where it's like, there's a, somebody posts something and then somebody else will take it at its worst pot. So what you're saying is this and like, no, that's not what I'm, but they get into a cat fight for five minutes and then it's like 25 comments. And then down at the end, it's like, okay, I guess we'd kind of agree on that. Like what the fuck was the point of all that? Do you <laughs> yeah, realize how much energy, like you, not only did you waste energy, but anybody that was on a, on the fence about this issue or thinking about getting involved in the conversation that may have had something very interesting and helpful to add to it is now somewhere else. Like they're not paying attention to you anymore. Uh, yeah, it's great additions. Uh, Bill, same question. Uh, yeah, I mean, to Greg's point, you know, the world has gotten aggressive. Um, but, you know, I think 
you know, to your point, we, we keep relearning things, forgetting and relearning things from 2000 years ago. And uh, I think it's just because back then, I don't know, I wouldn't say simpler, but a lot different way of living life back then. And, but the, with the life being simpler, the, the values didn't have to be complicated. Right. So, which, which just means they, they can, they can be values that uphold through time, no matter how complicated life the world mm. gets, you know, cause now like just now we're all in different places in the country mm. talking. Right. But social values and personal values and like principles you put on, they're all, they all supersede that they're all base level outside mm. of any of those complications. <clears throat> and I think part of the aggression is just how fast paced everything is now, you know, and, you know, to the point of listening, I mean, who even listens anymore? If I get an, I mean, I'm guilty of it. If I get an email that's more than two sentences. I typically brush it off until I'm forced to read it later, yep. you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and it, we're all, you know, headline clickers and I'm, you know, I'm on Instagram all day scrolling and stuff, you know? And, um, so through that, I think we've just lived, we live faster lives now and people don't have patience. Um, anybody who's ever driven on a highway in Florida will know that no one has patience for anything. Um, but I think, you know, the word that we've said quite a bit is one that's very important to me and something I'm trying to teach my children, uh, is empathy. You know, um, a lot of these, a lot of issues people have, especially like you talk about, well, Twitter is just a different animal. We yeah. don't bring that up, mm. but, um, like arguments people have all the time and fights it's just yeah if you would just take a moment to breathe and maybe just realize that not everyone in the world has experienced what you experienced mm -hmm. in life you know experiences are different um i try to teach my kids that you know before you go judging people or making comments think about what what would they think of just looking at you you know or what you just did what do you think they are thinking about you and yeah, really think about what you don't have to analyze someone's life. You can, it's very easy now to get an understanding of where someone's from or, and like what social status they're in, where, you know, what education level they are just by a couple words out of their mouth. Right. So if you, if you can think your way through that and be empathetic to somebody's position, it's going to, it's going to go a lot further for you in life mm. than just being an asshole all yeah, the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, I just saw, I was looking through your principles list and, uh, principle five, I'll put more into this country than I take out of it. I think with, you know, the, the divisiveness people have now against each other and the kind of lack of patience and lack of empathy, it's very easy. Like, yeah, the, it's very easy to just look at the world around you and be like, wow, this, this fucking sucks. Like mm -hmm. everybody's assholes and you become very jaded by that and then just live a life where you're just, okay, what can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. You know, what can I get? What can I get? And it's very important. Again, empathy, we keep bringing that up. I think if you, if you can maintain empathy in your life with the people around you, the world around you and your situations, it kind of holds off some of that, you know, jadedness that people seem to get, you know, the callousness they get with the world around them. And, uh, 
when you can do that, then yeah, you start thinking about, you know, even though, you know, I've been cut off six times on the way to work, I have a, a choice where I can either cut this person off and get to where I'm going because I wasn't paying attention and I'm going to miss my exit. Or, you know, I just don't be an asshole and go to the next exit and turn around. Like mm. I fucked up. It's not on them. Right. You know, and I think that's a lot of that kind of stuff's missing in society today. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's a there's a big difference between hearing and listening. Uh, we all hear, but very few people actually listen. Um, it's a good point. All right, uh, we got to wrap this up soon. So, I want to I want everybody uh, starting with Krista. Go ahead and and share any other final thoughts you have, and then tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. Um, I think that this is all really stuff that we all need to continue to talk about, um, because it's up to us to be able to shape and change the way that, um, society is interacting with each other. We need it. So I, I love it. Um, so that's my final thought on that. And you can find me, um, on Instagram at the Krista Hilton. And you can check out our website at drunkrepublic.co. Great. Thanks. Uh, JJ, go. You're a uh, muted guy. But I like the hand gestures are good. There we go. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sorry. Yes, sir. No, I mean, let's, let's, uh, let's quote 2,000 years ago where Aristotle said, you know, to say that happiness is the chief good seems as a platitude. Uh, and a clearer account of what that is is still desired. And I think we are still desiring in that, uh, that notion of what our happiness, our achievable uh, telos or our goal mm -hmm. can be. Um, and, you know, I think that's what we should strive to understand uh, collectively uh, and individually. So, uh, you know, that's, that's my final thought. And it applies to the list, right? Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's encompassing, uh, all of those things are instructions or can be instructions to achieve that. Um, you can find me, uh, I'm JJ Jackson, but I'm high and angry on all platforms. Uh, hit me up on the YouTubes. Let me know what you think. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's, uh, using a, a list of shared principles, as guardrails to find what it is your purpose is going to be in life. You know what I mean? Like it, not everybody's going to do the same thing. Not everybody's going to be a Titan of industry or a philosopher or an empath or a mathematician, but everybody can help somebody else. Right. And, and, you know, certainly everybody can contribute to society in some way or another. Uh, Greg, go ahead. Sure. My kind of final thought is principle number 11. I will live a life worth dying for. Um, I think this is kind of one of those things. It's like a key, you know, legacy type of, of statement for you. It's what are you going to be remembered by? Mm. I don't know, even know. I hope I'm doing stuff that I can, that people will remember me for, but more than that, I don't care about being remembered as much as how much did I put into, to, to other people. Yeah. So, so somebody might not remember that you built the house, but the, the house falls down and like, what asshole built this house? Right. Right. Like you don't want to be but that if it's guy. There 2000 years from now, yeah. then does it matter? Yep. Right. So that's kind of, that's my thought. You can find me out on the bars open with Beth and Greg podcast, Monday and Wednesdays or Monday and Fridays or Wednesday and Fridays. Sorry. I'm out on YouTube, iTunes, all the places. And then Greg LaMontagne 
at you know instagram and everywhere else so thanks so much for having us on yeah of course uh bill yeah um you know just reading through this you know your list of principles um it kind of just struck me as like this is uh a, a very well thought out list to act as a compass to kind of the motto i've lived my life by for the last 10 years or so which is just don't be a cunt mm. you know we've all said that yep. and uh and i think you know kindness is contagious so i think you know the world can change if if you just if you do something kind for somebody or show empathy or just be nice other people see that and want to follow the same lead mm-hmm. um so i think if we just do that and not let you know the the divisiveness in the world especially like internet stuff uh you know harden us to to the world around us in our communities i think uh it goes a long way mm. so um you can find me uh nooner nation podcast on all on all platforms mm. except twitter because i left that steaming garbage pile years ago i yeah. didn't even understand it to be honest so <laughs> um so yeah thanks for having me on yeah of course yeah doing the right thing is a is maybe perhaps the lowest version of leadership right leading by example it's like 80 uh 80 83 or 86 or something percent of communication is nonverbal. so certainly communicating leadership just like any other value or emotion is going to be primarily nonverbal. right it's going to be about the things you do uh i appreciate all your guys thoughts and contributions to this thank you for coming out today uh to record this and i appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules and i appreciate all of you watching this has been citizen save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.